0: This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard.
2: Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie,
1: what is on your mind? I think I'll go for a walk outside now. The sun shines call on my name. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm seeing the Brady Munch. Hey. Uh, doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my thoughts are with you, sir. Uh, you got the uh, the big C. Yeah. Not dude. like, not like uh, Uncle Junior's big C, but uh, the, the current big C. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Uh, should, should, oh, uh, am I still in your thunder by the announcement? That uh, you- <laughs> No, this is mine of the meaning, not mine of the
2: Barnard. Yes, I. Uh, it is true. And it's a gr- pleasure to see you, sir, as always. Pleasure to see the uh, pod Likewise. squad here. Uh, yes, it is true. The rumors and innuendo are true. I have COVID-19 uh, officially. Uh, I have dodged it since, you know, March of 2020. And it is here Uh, In my house, full disclosure, my infant daughter, Audrey, who is just six weeks old, has it, uh, as well as my wife, Courtney. Um, We are testing our other three children as well, including the Daniel, whose lovely voice you hear at the end of the program, asking why Blue Meanie's brain is out. Uh, It sucks, man. This is the shits. I can't lie. This is uh, absolutely, like, probably the worst experience of my life. (laughs) I won't lie. Um, I mean, definitely getting the bag. And again, I know we don't get political and scientific here and stuff like that, but I know for sure that... um, had I not got the vaccine, you know, this would have been way, oh, of way worse. And I think that's what I'm, I'm most concerned about is you know my daughters, Sophie and and Audrey. They're you know obviously they're too young to get the vaccines. Uh, Sophie's four. Like I said, the baby she's six months old. So it's uh it's really touch and go here. Um, it's been uh it's been really rough. Um, we also have the flu strain too. There's a flu strain going around. And, mm-hmm. uh, Audrey had that as well as us. So we're like all just getting bombarded with it. So, uh, in lieu of any, uh, seltzers today, I have, uh, this wonderful cough medicine that my doctor told me to take, which, uh, you know, it's red for the bloodline, which of course we acknowledge our tribal chief, uh, <laughs> and, uh, shout out to Paul Heyman. Uh, so I'm going to just well, go,
1: hey, if you're going to do a shot of that, I'll, 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 do an early seltzer. <laughs> That's awesome. What do you got on tap today, brother? Uh, Solidarity. Uh, I got, uh. Shop right, well, bowl and basket brand, uh watermelon. Ooh. Since there's the season. Let me see if I can get my finger in there on there so I could do the uh, old Sandman. <laughs> Three, Four, two, one. Uh, down the hatch. There we go. Mozletov. top
2: mm-hmm. mm, it's like violence it's like violence <laughs> it just it's so good man I didn't even do my hair today I'm sorry you guys pod squad's looking at me and you can watch us record the show early and ad free by going to patreon.com slash mind of the meaning and you get to see our beautiful got, faces
1: kind of, oh what's that you kind of have that Eddie and the cruisers kind of look going on right there we're uh, <laughs> you you the dark side you know. it's
2: true it's true uh, yeah. sh- shout out to Kane from uh 10th Ward bar- Barbershop out there in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in Lawrenceville. Got me all cut up, um, this past weekend while we were out there pre COVID. And, uh, yeah, he gave me the nice, uh, if I twirled this enough, it would be nice and, uh, Scott Hallish, but yeah, we're uh, we're getting by. I appreciate it. Just want to say thank you to everybody that's reached out, and you know, like Pod Squad, Meeny. I know you've reached out. Uh, Real Dad Josh has reached out as well. It's been uh, it's been very overwhelming from you know our community and our network of people who have reached out to you know wish us well and send things and and you know do drop offs at the door. It's it's been um, it's been really nice. So I just wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you uh, to everyone who's done so. But Meanie, it is uh, so good to be here, and I promise, like I said, full disclosure, guys, the cough, I- I'm going to do my best to hit the mute button when I can. I'll edit it out where I can, but like, this is we'll just, do it
1: live. we'll do it
2: live, fuck it, like, well, I'll write it and we'll do it live, uh, but it's been uh, it's been rough, but speaking of being rough, meaning, I guess we got to uh, we gotta rip the bandit off of this one, um, the big news, I know we're going to get into a lot of stuff, but I'm curious your thoughts on this, meaning, what are you thinking about the Sasha Banks and Naomi controversy that is embroiling wrestling right now. Um, as you know, and I'm sure the listeners are aware, Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out of uh, Monday Night Raw earlier this week, dropped the tag team titles on Laurinaitis' desk, and uh, as of last night, they are suspended indefinitely uh, from WWE, and they also were stripped of their ta- women's tag team titles. What are your thoughts, your initial thoughts as we open up this can of worms here?
1: Yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'm like, kind of like sitting by with the popcorn watching to see, uh, see where it goes because there, there's again in pro wrestling, there wouldn't be a controversy without somebody thinking it's a work, so like an intricate work, you know. Uh, so, uh, if it's a shoot, um, and it's hard for me to, you know, comment because I don't know all the particulars. I could I I say, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, they just go with it or do whatever. And then, like, turns out, like, something really horrible happened that I didn't know about. So I look like a piece of shit for saying something, you know, you know, not knowing the full details. But uh, it's unfortunate. You know, uh, I've been, a, you know, for the longest time, I was an advocate for um, you know, WWE Women Tag Team Championships. Uh, when I first said it, like, I want to say about 2016, 2017, you know, I was mocked for, Oh, ho, 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 women's sack team champion. Oh, ho, ho. it's like, dude, dude, like, it might be even earlier than that. Cause I'm trying to, in my head, I'm trying to do the timetable and the, the women's revolution with like when it kind of officially started. But, uh, yeah, I was kind of mocked for it. I was like, no, it'd be the perfect time right now. And, uh, you know, uh I feel bad for Sasha because, you know, her and Bailey really wanted to have a you know, back, you know, a couple of years ago, they wanted to have that a serious run with the tag belts. And uh, you know, they lost the iconics and nothing against iconics, but you know, Sasha and Bailey had wanted to have a have a long term run with them. Now she you know, Sasha's got the tag belts again with Naomi and uh they I guess they didn't like the uh, the creative it was some about them. Ju- I, I, I want to say that I had to jump in on a on a end of a match or something like that. I don't know the full details, you know, because again, I'm trying to figure out if it's the, a shoot or a work. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really want to invest the time on something that might actually be bullshit. Uh, you know, yeah, I tr- I try to uh, maximize my minutes. You know, now if, if it's something a shoot, I'm like fully. I'm like, ooh, you know, I'm the nosy neighbor. Oh. What's going on over there? Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, it's not happening to me. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll watch. Um, but uh, hopefully, it gets resolved. Um, you know, everybody's like, "Of course, they're going to go to AEW." Mm-hmm. Which, who knows? But well, let's, uh, let's, that, let's. That's not always immediate either. I would, I would think Sasha would go to Japan more than anything. You know, but.
2: I don't know and, that, and we'll jump into we'll, we'll die we'll sort of dissect this cuz there's a lot of meat on this bone here before we get into yeah. you know a couple other topics but just because it's topical and lots of people want to know what Meanie has to say obviously no one really wants to know what I have to say but I will help string this along gentlemen and girls and ladies and boys um I've been in quarantine for 3 days guys I'm acting weird I'm sorry but anyway I digress uh with Join the club I <laughs> and I'm not
1: even quarantined I just act weird <laughs>
2: it's 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 accentuating my
0: eccentricities
2: uh no i um I don't and Salomonster said this uh last night as well on his live stream um with the state of the women's division in aew right now i I, I am not a, in the camp or of the belief that sasha banks would be in any way shape or form uh happier in AEW than she would be in WWE. I mean, there's, there's the the creative is not there. It's, you know, she would definitely, I agree that she would definitely be like a welcome addition to it, but I don't think that she would be happy in the way that people make it out to be, you know, I just, I don't see her jumping to that level, but, um, I, uh, I, I'm curious what your I mean, have you ever been in the locker room where someone's done something like this before? Like, have you ever been even ECW or WWF? Like, has there ever been a time where someone did something of this caliber? Uh, or is this you know, just random enough. Obviously Steve Austin would be the biggest uh the biggest metric on this, but anything like that ever happened with you? I wasn't around
1: for the time he took his ball and went home. Uh I was with NWW when uh Jeff Jarrett had his uh as uh, Conrad Thompson liked to say, he put a gun in Vince's belly and <laughs> <laughs> got the money from him uh when you know Jeff was about to jump w c w his contract had expired, and they wanted him to you know do the uh good housekeeping match with China yeah, I think that's what it was called yeah, and dropped it in the Continental belt tour and uh I, you know I remember being around for that and uh that was an interesting day, you know just uh I don't know i I wasn't privy to all the particulars, but you knew something was going on, and there was a little bit of tension in the air. And then, uh, you know, to his credit, Jeff went out and had an amazing match with China, you know, and, uh, you know, grabbed his bags and left pretty much. Um, But uh, as far as any other promotion, not really. Um, Of course, once we stop recording and I have time to think about it, I'll be like, oh, fuck. (laughs) I'll
2: get a text at Uh, 3.30 in the morning. Oh, by the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. no, uh, as far as somebody like holding something up and saying, Hey, you know, uh, or just dropping the belts and saying, Hey, I'm out. Um, uh, nah, not really. Not, not, nothing comes to mind uh, except for that time, Jeff Jarrett, you know, put a gun in, in his belly as Conrad likes to remind him on, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett's podcast. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, so it's definitely an interesting time. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, here, here's the thing. People are like, uh, you know, they supposedly they walked in the office to put the put the belts on the table, walked out. WWE issues uh, a statement, not mentioning, like, uh, saying that they were uncomfortable working with you know competitors they had worked with before. Blah blah blah. Now, in the release, WWE said, you know, had released. They never said the name of the competitors, right? Right, and all this other stuff. So that's what kind of makes me lean towards it's a shoot. To where if it was an angle, they mm-hmm. would say, "Well, they didn't want to work with so and so and so and so. They have worked with so and so and so and so before." You know, if they had you know named the the, um, the people that they claimed they didn't want to work with, that would have me leaning towards. If they, if the fact that they didn't name them makes it, makes me think it's a, a shoot. If they had named them, I would kind of lean towards work. But then in their mind, they could go, well, if we don't name them, people think it'll shoot. You know, so, right. Who, right. It's, yeah. Sometimes I overthink things and stuff like that. But uh, I'm starting to lean towards uh, it's a shoot. You know, I've seen other people say it's a intricate work. Uh, if it is, cool because you got people talking that's the most important you know you get people talking about the uh the, the business in a in a way you know and it's nothing like you know there's worse things you know people could be talking about than you know this you know you know uh you know with you know anything that could happen nowadays but um or any situation but uh yeah i'm starting to lean towards it's it's, it's shoot and i'm uh willing to look and see where it plays out yeah i I, I, well i'd like to know all the details before i say oh that's good business oh that's bad business you know what i'm saying
2: yeah it's hard and that's excuse me i think that's kind of why i've been a little less than you know uh forthcoming or a little less than uh uh responsive on questions like this, when I'm in in a you know chats or whatever it is, I know I, I know a, f- a few people who believe that this is a very intricate work, and most right. people that I've seen believe it's a shoot. Um, I b- to be honest, like if you based on the available information right now, I would be very surprised to find out that this was a, a work. Um, right, just like for the reasons that you said. Uh, and especially because they took the merchandise off the website. You know, that Sasha Banks and Naomi, that merchandise is gone. This is the same tactic, from what I understand, that they did to Ali when all that stuff went down, when he asked for his release. And, you know, things changed pretty quickly after that. Once they weren't getting the, mer- once he wasn't getting, you know, merchandise revenue and things like that. Like, that's when I think things Sort of the, the, the narrative shifted on that, but um, it's hard to say because, like you said, it's it, there is a lot of context that's missing. We have not heard from Sasha Banks or Naomi about what happened in that room uh, and what happened with the creative. Um, a lot of people have been all over Michael Cole since last night about the statement that he said on the show. But, you know, to his credit and even to, you know, somebody like Corey Graves, what he said on Monday, you know, you guys have to remember these guys are doing their job. You know they're being fed lines into their ears, and they're being told what to say. Yes, they could say no. I'm not going to say that, but like at what cost? You know, and and I know that's not really, you know, I, it's it's complicated. You know, as in all things, it's complicated.
1: And they're only given like a split second to, you know, process what they're being told to say. I mean, look back in history. I'm sure if Tony Shivani had. Time to think about it. He wouldn't have said that line. Oh yeah, the output butts in seats. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or that
2: Heenan? Or go going? Whose side is he on? You know, like that. I'm sure if he had the benefit of 2020, you know, hindsight and redo, he wouldn't have said that.
1: Right. But you know, it, it's easy to critique somebody when you're not. You've never done what they've done. Right. And, right. Uh, that's why I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt and try to. How would I react in that situation? You know, and uh, yeah, you can't really get on the announcers for what they say because it's coming directly through your earpiece. You know what I'm saying? Um, You know, for instance, you know, like one of my favorite, you know, uh, WWE shows when they went over to Japan because there's really no set storyline they didn't have to you know go to a commercial break or plug this that and the other thing and they could just you know Michael Cole just did like a uh, straight through wrestling announcement thing and that was refreshing this was a couple years ago by the way but uh you know uh, I love I think Michael Cole's one of the best Corey Graves is definitely one of the best uh you know it's just they're doing what the their environment called for
2: yep and that's really all they can do at this point. It's, 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 it's just hard to speculate for me. You know, I, I don't, I'm not the type of person that likes to speculate that makes us no better than our, our friend Dave. Uh, and, you know, uh, I don't know when. I don't know where. But their contracts are coming due very soon. I can't say when. But they're coming due. The plans, the plans change. Plans change. And it could change. And they could resign. But maybe they won't. Yes. I could fucking do this, Meanie. Why don't we start our own fucking uh, a newsletter? And do the same shit and just guess at everything. But uh, no, I, 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 don't, I don't particularly enjoy the, uh, the idea of, you know, dunking on anybody, especially in this type of situation. But I'm sure, it, for me, it, I'm sure it was something uh, that was over the top, or something Dude, that really pushed them to the edge.
1: Yeah, well, they're in a high pressure situation each and every week. No, WWE is a high pressure situation each and every week for everybody. And the, the, there had to be something that was the, like the all right, fuck it moment, you know, just yeah. for them yeah. to get on the belts and and go home. One of the pieces of discourse, and then we'll move on to the next thing.
2: One of the things online that I've seen is everybody's like, oh, well, they deserve this. And you don't walk out on your job. You do what you're told and this, that and the other. And like, guys, shut the fuck up. Like yeah. as a, as a, as someone who has struggled with his own mental health for his entire life and who has walked out of jobs before. I have walked out of shoot jobs before for my own well-being and my own sanity and my own, you know, headspace. I will never, ever talk to about anybody walking out of business, walking out of any, any arena. You know, Jeff Hardy, Tony Storm, you know, everybody was okay with these guys doing it. But as soon as Sasha Banks and Naomi walk out, now it's a big fucking problem and they're professional right? Like, right. I will never dunk on anybody for for looking out for their own best interest, whether or not it nukes their career. I mean, I, I think they're well aware of the, the, the consequences that could happen and come from this. Um, yeah, but I certainly won't dunk on anybody for that, but, um, it remains to be seen, man. I, uh, I had to figure we would address that at the top of the, uh, top of the episode, but Andrew Bailey, uh, has a great question. I guess, uh, we can ask, cause I know you talked about it a minute, a minute ago. Uh, are you wearing the Michael Barkin glasses?
1: For those uh, at home listening who aren't from Philadelphia, uh, Michael Barkan is a sports personality here in Philadelphia uh, on Comcast Comcast Sportsnet or whatever it's called, NBC Philadelphia now. Yeah. And he wears, like, these glasses to have super blue, like, frames. Like I said, I call these my sports entertainment glasses. Uh, Since my hair's not blue, I I put on something – blue so the, just to remind you I'm these are my uh, Clark Kent slash sports entertainment glasses so uh I can remind you that I am the blue meanie you
2: know I was gonna say I thought I was sitting here and I'm going that looks like Brian but I feel like maybe <laughs> I feel like maybe it's the blue meanie and then I was like well it can't be the blue meanie because the blue meanie doesn't wear glasses so you know in my head
1: that makes sense well, it makes want, sense. Ones, he doesn't wear ones that aren't painted on. Oh, That's what
2: I was going to say. That's what I should have said. Yeah, the painted glasses. The, these are just regular <laughs> specs. So I knew immediately that it was Brian giving a shout out to the blue meanies. So uh, speaking, of sh- yeah. speaking of shout outs, I know we talked last week uh, a little bit about, or two weeks ago rather, we talked about the George Carlin documentary. I wanted to follow up with you on that. Yeah. I know that is now on my official quarantine list of shit to do,
1: but have you had a chance to check it out? Uh, not yet. I will be watching it day uh it came out like yesterday uh inside baseball we're recording on the 21st uh the doc came out on may 20th now here's here here's something cool like when it came out and they're like here comes the documentary i was like i, I heard 90 minutes i was like man how are you gonna tell george carlin's story in 90 minutes and i found out it was a two-parter mm. and both episodes are like an hour and a half each which three hours yeah definitely you could tell you know, George's story in you know, three hours. Dude, I could watch, you know, make a Ken Burns documentary on George Carlin. I'll watch that, you know. Yeah. A, a, a ten night affair, you know. <clears throat> but uh yeah, I, I'm I'll be watching that tonight. Uh been a lot of good documentaries uh within the last couple of days coming out. Uh the kid my one of my favorite comedy troops, The Kids in the Hall. A release released a new season and then they released a documentary called comedy punks, which is a, a two-parter, which was really good. A, l- a lot of stuff i never knew, you know, and that you get to hear people, you know, celebrate them, you know, one being Mike Myers, which was awesome. Uh, and he talked about how he, you know, actually did one of their stage shows which kind of blew my mind. Uh, so, you know, we, we watched the uh, kids in hall documentary over two days. And then today uh, since my, uh, my birthday was on Wednesday, uh kind of middle of the week we kind of didn't have a a chance to really do anything so uh we're calling this my birthday weekend nice. so uh uh mrs me will be uh you know we grilled last night we'll be doing something tonight and then uh we'll uh you know have some you know make ma make, make it a special occasion to watch the george Carlin documentary because uh like I said man the guy j- changed how i view the world uh i i, I i've, I've I've stolen so much from George Carlin, you know, as far as, you know, you know, one-liners and stuff like that. I never fucked a 10, but one night I fucked five twos, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, just different things, whether people knew what I was saying or not, you know, I would whip out George Carlinisms, you know, in everyday speak. And, uh, you know, he, he him and uh, Eddie, you know, Van Halen really, you know, shaped my life. But um, yeah. 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 I can't wait to watch it. Uh, I'm sure I'll have some Kleenex handy, you know, in case I have to cry, you know, a, a hard cry, but, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it.
2: I, uh, I was thinking about, uh, this particular tweet when, uh, when I was thinking about things we could talk about today. And I'm glad that you brought up kids in the hall because, uh, there's a sort of a, a more viral tweet going around right now where people are saying, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about how happy they are. The kids in the hall are so popular and how much they're loving them. And, you know, it's basically, it's this idea that like people are rejecting ageism is something that the tweet says as well. And a lot of people in comedy are like, oh, these guys are too old to do this and this, that, and the other. And, you know, people want to laugh at any point. They don't care how old they are. You know, they want to laugh, what? you know. George Carlin was, how old was he? Was 80 when he died? 70 or 80 when he died? I- Close was, to at seventy eight, maybe. Yeah, and he was arguably still on top of his game, and in some aspects, sometimes the the jokes hit harder. Um, yeah. Dana Gould, <laughs> Dana Gould, yeah. who was a comedian um, and a, a podcaster, said he was like, "I was once told by the then head of Comedy Central that people don't like to watch people older than they are," and he says, uh, "Which this this explains why no high school kid has ever watched a professional baseball game or Tom Cruise movie." And it's like, why? Like, it just seems so like totally deaf like it totally tone deaf to the entire situation but it does apply also to you know professional wrestling you know um sting is for christ's sake how old is sting now 62 and he's still performing yeah. at a at a pretty high level you know i mean so like how does he it make you
1: yeah sting moves better than i do Um uh, yeah just uh i don't get the ageism thing you know uh uh conrad thompson said something the other, you know, month ago. It's like, can we stop pretending that the 40s are old? You know, yeah, the 40s is usually when people are hitting their prime or, you know, finding their, finding their, you know, voice. You know, people find that earlier too. But when you're in your 40s, you're, you really start to understand, you know, your profession, no matter what your profession is. And, uh, you know, because I always say, if I could put this 40 nine-year-old mind in my 20-year-old body god i'd be unstoppable you know yeah yeah but uh yeah ageism is uh it's silly you know uh dave foley from the uh kids in the hall still makes an attractive woman uh <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're not familiar with the kids in the hall you know they they played male and female parts you know and yeah. you know they do the like thing which is awesome yeah, I'm a big fan of drag because it's you know, drag is really pro wrestling anyway. Absolutely, but, uh, yeah. Dave Foley was always a hot chick, you know, back in the day. He's he still, uh, he's got that MILF quality, you know. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're they're still killing it, you know. I, I watched the whole new season, and I, then I watched the documentary, and uh, dude, it's amazing. It's yep. amazing that back. And, uh, you know, it, 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 here's the thing about uh, the kids in the hall, you know, um, uh, I watched them when they first came out and then, uh, you know, life takes over and, you know, I, I, it was in the nineties and, you know, I was in high school and then I graduated high school and then I started my rest, you know, training, wrestling training and all this stuff, but they're always kind of on in the, in my periphery. Yeah. And, and um, uh, what they bring up in a documentary, which happens to a lot of shows is the show, you know, uh, ended, but then comedy central kind of like reignited, you know, people's interest into it. You know, it was on HBO and it was on the Canadian broadcast company, CBC or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until those kids in the hall episodes hit comedy central and they were doing marathons. You know, mother, you know Father's Day with the kids, you know, that, you know, they got a, a, a second life, a resurgence of popularity amongst the, the U.S. audience. And then they, you know, kind of start touring because uh, on their last season and then uh, one of their last movies, it kind of had a hard falling out. Right. Uh, it was like the four guys against Dave because Dave went off to do news radio and uh, that kind of interfered with you know, what they were trying to do. So, uh, Dave kind of became the heel for a little bit, mm-hmm. but, you know, and then they, you know, went their separate ways like journey and, uh, you know, through those, you know, thank God for comedy central doing this, you know, bringing that resurgence back that the management was like, Hey, I think we got something here. And they reunited with Dave and built some, you know, mended some wounds and, you know, built some bridges and re fixed some fences and, uh, uh, here we are in 2022, and they're, they're still going. They, they're showing, you know, each tour and the movies they did subsequent to reuniting, and it's an amazing story, you know. And then, you know to sit, see them sit there today and reminisce, you know, and they, they're probably one of the greatest comedy troops of all time. I would say so. And
2: one of one of my favorites, I guess, maybe my favorite in the in the entire group is uh, Mark McKinney. Um, <laughs> Mark McKinney, just anything the guy does. He was on a show that Courtney and I watched called Superstore, uh, which was on NBC for a couple of years. He played the store manager, Glenn. And I mean, just fucking like it's hard to explain to people when you don't like if you're I guess if you're not trained for it, if you don't hear it. But like when you see someone who just knows exactly what the fuck they're doing and they hit every like you could just tell that that guy knows exactly what moments to hit exactly how to inflect his voice at the right time. I mean, just comedy gold, man. Just so fucking good. What was yeah. your uh, what was your favorite sketch so far in the uh, in the new season? Is there one that stuck out to you that I should look for when I watch it? Because obviously I'll be stuck here for at least another five to ten days. So what's uh,
1: uh, I need to rewatch it and redigest it. Uh, I'm, I, was, I thought you were going to ask me about the original series. I oh wish yeah, with well, knew- the
2: original series too.
1: Yeah, I wish I knew the name of the skit, but <laughs> it was. They did a skit on one of the, on the original series is two teenagers, you know, home alone and the, uh, girl parents bedroom, you know, and they're sitting by a, a stained glass window, almost like a church window in the parents bedroom. And, you know, they're going to, uh, you know, have sex for the first time. And, and the girl goes, ah, I brought a condom and it's she filled it with water. And, it's, no. <laughs> and uh, like you know, she's, she's smiling and she's got braces on and there's you know, rain and lightning and the lightning's making her braces, you know, ting, you know, sparkle in the, in the, in the light. So she's like, I, I think I'll go get ready. And she goes <laughs> in the bathroom to put on, and I get, you know, you know, uh, changed and all this stuff. And the, and the kid, teenage boy sitting there and he's like nervous and he's looking around, and he sees a crucifix on the wall. He looks around, he sees the parents photo on the, on the bedside thing. And then also he looks over and there's a, a dog just staring there, sitting there staring at him like, <laughs> and so he like kind of faints. And then uh, when the girl comes out of the room, you know, she's standing there, she, you know, puts her pinky up to her, her teeth and goes Dink, on her braces, you know, and she's walking out of the bedroom and you know, all ready to go. And she goes, Oh my God. And the kid had passed out and the dog was humping the kid in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> and as the dog humps him, his face is going like, like with the rhythm of the fucking... <laughs> I wish I knew what, what the the, uh, scene, the uh, skit was called. But like, I remember like when I was at Al's, we had, you know, cable. And uh, we were, you know, sit around and watch that. And that was fucking great. Now, uh, as far as like personally... Um, uh, I, w- I was broken into the business by a woman named Phyllis Lee and, uh, me and Al would constantly rib her. <laughs> she was, she's a great woman, lo- awesome woman, but she opened herself up to some good ribbing, you know? Yeah. You know, we'd be driving, you know, over a bridge and going through a toll. She's like, I need a mail letter. I was like, well, this ain't a mailbox. Phyllis, this is a pay toll. Uh, <laughs> It, oh, stop it. You know, stuff like that. And there's a character <laughs> on, uh, kids in the hall, the, uh, the chicken lady. Okay. All right. Scarred for life. You know, <laughs> she was half, half woman, half chicken. or <laughs> half, chicken, half chicken. And then, uh, she'd be like, scarred, scarred for life. <laughs> and we're like, Oh my God, that's Phyllis. So, like, Anytime we would like quote Phyllis, it would be in the chicken lady voice. Like,
2: Oh, that's
1: oh ah, 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 ah. <laughs> go with Dan Severn to the UFC. <laughs> you know, she helped. She helped Dan Severn get in the UFC. Oh, really? You know? After uh, you know, Dan was trying to get in the UFC, and they're you know, I don't know what what their deal was, but you know, Phyllis went in there and Chicken ladied him to death. You know, and just <laughs> like, all right, all right, he could be in the UFC, and then you know, Dan became this UFC legend. <laughs> you know? That's
2: so funny. I was sitting here thinking about the, um, the way that um, Comedy Central used to be set up, you know, back in the, yeah. I guess like the mid to late 90s. You know, there, obviously there was no reason for me at my age at that point to be watching stuff on Comedy Central, but we did. But yeah. like, I remember like kids in the hall sketches would be on it late and there was a movie with Brendan Fraser and um, Albert Brooks. I can't remember the name of it, but it used to be on all the time. And I, I don't know if you remember this, but Pen Gillette used to do the uh, voiceovers. He used to do the narration for everything. And, and that's, um, a, that,
1: that's in the documentary, even though they don't say, oh, this is Penn Gillette," You can tell it's Penn Gillette. Yeah, 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 it's there. Oh, the Scout
2: is the name of the movie that I thought of. That's the name okay. of the Scout. And um, I just remember like a lot of summers just sitting in my, my, my room. And it was, you know, my brothers and I shared the room in this basement. We had cable down in the basement and watch Comedy Central like pre South Park, you know. And um yeah. Kids in the Hall was a big part of that. And there was a lot of re- repeats and early daily show stuff and man, that was just uh that was just always good shit. Like I always just felt like it was very
1: ahead of its time. I am old enough to remember when Comedy Central was before Comedy Central started. Mm. They were run these vignettes on like MTV VH1 for Comedy Central and they would like these like some weird, there's this, this weird video of these guys on the beach with sand up to their knees, like kind of doing like setups, but like with their knees. And they're like, "We have to strengthen our knees. We we have to strengthen our knees. Strengthen our knees for comedy." And put the con- <laughs> it might be on YouTube. I have to look it up, but uh, like I remember back in the day when like a new channel was coming along, they would run vignettes for them. You know. Uh, I remember, the, you know, we talk about like the legacy of wrestling on TNT. I remember the day, I remember the day TNT first went on the air. Really? You know, I came home, dude, I came home from school. I was like seventh or eighth grade. My grandma was like, oh, that new channel starting uh, at three o'clock. And I, I sat there and I watched the, I, this is what you did as a kid. Yeah, you just sit yeah. there and watch the timer on the TV with the countdown. Yep. You no. Know, 10, 10 minutes or whatever. And then at the end of the 10 minutes, they played Gone with the Wind. I was like, all right, well, I guess I could change the channel now. <laughs> I, I, I saw a new channel start, you know? Yeah.
2: So I'd pop yeah. up. Um, one of the creepiest things I heard about, and then we'll get back to something I was thinking about with Comedy Central. Um, oh, yeah. uh, a couple of years ago, I don't know when, maybe it was after the, the CNN or the Turner acquisition or something, but a video came out of what Ted Turner put together in the event of nuclear warfare. And it's just a band. Have you ever seen it before? No, it's a band. Uh, let me look it up right now. It's called the, um, uh, there's like a, what is it? Um, nuclear war video. Here we go. It was fucking creepy, man. Yeah. Former intern found the video, um, that they would play. CNN was going to play during the end of the world. And it's called the doomsday video. And it says restriction, there's a the thing, and it says FHR, which I don't know what that means, until the end of the world is confirmed. And it's a grainy, like they say, it's a, the New Yorker called it a grainy minute-long video, and it's, um, it's like a band playing, you know, an instrumental song in front of, like, this fountain. Um, and it would just replay uh, and replay and replay until, you know, I guess the world end. Um, it's the, com- what the, the Combined Armed Forces Marching Band playing Nearer My God to Thee. And if you know the context as you're watching it, you're like, this is the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's fucking, I'll find it and I'll send it to you because it's on YouTube. But I just, I am always just amazed by how ahead of the time, I guess, Ted was when some of those things where it's like, okay, well, let's you know, make sure we have something. But also like if Ted Turner did that, how many of these other stations did something like that? You know, would it be money to the end where they're like, no, get the advertising dollars in there just in case we come back from this, you know?
1: Yeah. But I have to, you know, say I I was listening to uh, Eric Bischoff's Strictly Business podcast, and he was talking about like, man, it's a shame there'll never be another Ted Turner, a rogue millionaire visionary who wants to start a cable news channel. You know, yeah, because it's always it's it's more of a machine now than anything. You it's so impossible to say, okay, I'm going to start this new new news channel. Yeah, 24 hour news. Uh, I'm going to start a channel, you know, and everything starts at five after the hour. Yeah. Well, uh, five minutes after the hour, because, uh, you know, his theory, Ted, Ted Turner's theory was if it starts at 6.05 and they're watching a the show and they're invested, that creeps into the, the uh, timing of the other shows. So they kind of have to stay on TBS. Yeah. Yep. Which, can also, which could also backfire, you know, if you watch another show five minutes before your show on TBS, yeah. you can miss out on your show on TBS. But, you know, it, it was a unique unique way of thinking. Yeah. Um,
2: one of the funniest things I remember about early Comedy Central was, and I only saw it like twice in my life. Um, it was around the holidays and there was a commercial. It was like this big spread on the table. It was like one of those fancy like Hallmark Channel you know, food <laughs> setups, and it just eventually pans over to um, a big bowl of eggnog, and you know, it's like it's yeah. got the real like fancy music, and you know, the whole the whole thing, and it's like, oh, would you, sir, would you like any more eggnog? And you hear this guy going, no more, no more eggnog, and he just starts violently vomiting. he just pukes through the rest of the commercial it just like it just continues to vomit it's like happy holidays from comedy central (laughs) i laughed so hard when i watched that because i was like this is the most insane fucking thing i've ever heard in my life and i couldn't find like i you know that was before the days you could like dvr shit and you know record it and i never heard it again and then maybe like two years later i think during like the height of south park Is one that came on again. And I fucking, I was like, this is just incredible. This is an incredible commercial.
1: Um, You just reminded me of a shout out to uh, Will Sasso. Yeah. Him and uh, Chad Colchin have this podcast called Dudesy. And uh, and Dudesy, they're like 11 episodes in. And the gimmick of Dudesy is it's the first podcast ever run by an AI artificial intelligence they've given Dudesy access to their their phone their email everything and Dudesy goes through their life and uh, you know they have to do these t- different tasks throughout you know the show each week and they get a score you know the score never matches whatever <clears throat> but this <clears throat> excuse me you're good this past week uh, Dudesy uh, said Will Sasso had to read <clears throat> Will Sasso's childhood diary. Oh no! In Stone Cold, in, in Stone Cold Steve Austin's voice, <laughs> and uh, he's done this a couple of times. and It's fucking hilarious. And welcome back. Uh, <laughs> Anything happen? Yeah, uh, it's been
2: a fun uh, fucking fun fucking afternoon. It's uh, uh, due to some uh, some issues we had here. Uh, welcome back to Mind of the Meanie, episode one thirteen, uh, title to be determined. Um, yeah, so a little inside baseball guys, like I said at the top of the episode, we uh uh, you know, we're COVID positive here in the house. Um, uh, so we had some issues we just had to address here at the home. Everything's good, everybody's all right. Uh we just yeah. had to, you know, handle some things real fast and a jump in the episode. So um I appreciate your patience. But I think now though, Meanie, yes. it's always a good time for this though, but especially right now. <laughs> would you like to ask me any? I would love to.
1: It's time to ask me Ask me something.
2: Don't forget, tweet us your questions at Mind of the Meanie using the hashtag Ask Meanie and we will ask your question live on the show. So I got a couple of good questions for you here to get us through the rest of today's afternoon here. And again, and I appreciate your patience as well. It's fucking hotter than the hinges of hell outside too. Have you been outside yet today?
1: Dude, I opened the window to try to get air in here. And I was like, oh, I made a mistake.
2: Fuck. Dude, I got this yeah. fan, this giant stand-up fan blowing next to me here. I'm sure you can hear, like, the ambient noise. I, sorry, Carl. I don't know. Oh, by the way, I meant to ask you, before we yes. get to
1: ask me any, how did
2: you feel about hearing uh, Carl's voice for the first time? How good is my impression?
1: I, I don't, I, I wish I'd never heard it because I'm so used to your version of Carl's voice. <laughs> like, but to, to hear him selling was great. Yeah. And the, <laughs> It was, it was pretty good. Yeah.
2: He, pretty good. He's uh, so Carl is a master of the outdoors as well uh, as being a master of our mastering and audio. Uh, but when he was in Arizona for a business trip, uh, I guess a snake had like come into his place that he was staying at, and he fucking, what the fuck is this shit? And, uh, just lost his mind. So I took, he, it was so fucking funny. I took the video audio and I made it into a sound clip and put it on foundation radio beginning of one of the shows. And I was like, nah, this is the perfect time to do this. And I was like, I was like, Carl, are you going to keep doing this for us? He was like, I can't believe that you took that fucking video and made it into a sound. I can't believe you saved it. I was like, why would I not? This is fucking beautiful. So yeah. he's great, man. He's going to send us some more as more as he finds, uh, as he continues to find poisonous animals. And uh, reptiles at his place. Uh, here we go. Anthony Camerata asks, "Camerata, yo, Mimi, have you ever been presented with a controversial segment or storyline that you didn't agree didn't agree with? If so, what was it? And what was the what is the proper way to let the writing team or even the more interesting Mister McMahon know that you disagree or that you're offended with something?"
1: Well, I don't think anything will top the uh, crucif- crucif- crucifixion angle that I did. Uh, <laughs> you did a crucifixion angle. Well in E C W. Oh when, uh, yeah. Which uh uh you know made Kurt Angle storm out of the building. Um you could see my face right now. <laughs> yeah. That didn't why age well. You, that's why I got you a patreon dot com slash the meanie for some good facials. That's right. Good facials
2: on that one. <laughs> Not those kinds of facials, friends, the other one. But no, I uh I I uh remember watching that and
1: <laughs> I do the wind yep. from my. Uh, which <laughs> I, came
2: I am thoroughly sports entertained by this right now. <laughs>
1: There's always that one white one that goes like awkward and, and then it jumps <laughs> back up. Oh my god, I love it, dude! uh No, I forgot that you were a part of that angle, but
2: I guess there really wasn't anything yeah, to say. No pun intended. No pun intended. Yeah, but, uh, on the nose. No. And, uh, yeah, they.
1: Uh, well, in WWE, not really. Uh, I, I mean, we we're going to be a GTV was supposed to be me in gold dust, mm-hmm. which, um, it wasn't really controversial. Um, I mean, being part of the attitude era was controversial in itself because there's people always trying to shut, you know, Vince down or had the parent, uh, the PTC and all that stuff. ECW, uh, a lot of controversial stuff, yeah, but for Blue Meanie spe- specific, probably had to be, uh, like I said, the crucif- crucifixion angle, which at the time, I mean, I mean, a year and a half in the business, so who am I to uh, pipe up and go, I'm gonna make a stand here? Uh, oh, okay, we'll get somebody else to do it. Oh, yeah. hold, on, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, uh, but uh, yeah, that was probably the only time where. You know, I was part of something, like, super controversial that hell, didn't even air on TV, and it you know caused Kurt Angle to, you know, leave the building in protest. And, uh, you know, now, you know, WWE put it out on Rise of Fall, everybody's seen it. But, yeah, at the time, that was some heavy shit.
2: What do you think would have happened, I guess, at Adam and Delaware, or, yeah, listen to me, Adam and Delaware, Adam and Downingtown wants to know... Um, What would have happened? Like, what was the plans for Kurt Angle? I'm sure you've probably talked about this, but just because I've never asked, like, were there any plans for Kurt Angle in ECW before this happened? Or was it just like, hey, we're courting him, we want him to come
1: in, and now we're like, whoops? No clue uh, what plans they would have had for him. I wasn't, you know, privy to any of that stuff. But, uh, I mean, Taz was huge on having him in. Well, I think... uh, I'm. I think Shane was the, the contact cause they're both from Pittsburgh.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: I think Kurt had done some small independent stuff locally in Pittsburgh, but, uh, as far as ECLB, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe have him go to the house of hardcore and, uh, wrestling school, you know, maybe roll around and Tasman Perry can, you know, show him some, uh, ring stuff, you know, kind of like, you know, with Matt Riddle, you know, how to, uh, Matt Riddle was a, you know, uh star amateur wrestler and star ex martial artist. I was going to say, wasn't uh, he, wasn't he
2: in the UFC also?
1: Yeah. 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 One of the, the, be, the, the, one of the best, you know, most famous knockouts in UFC history and, in his first fight ever. Wow. And, uh, he knocked the guy out, broke his jaw in like a couple places and they had, a you know, ambulance amount. It was on the, uh, the ultimate fighter season seven. Which I I went out and bought the box set for because that wow. was actually my, one of my favorite seasons. It Just happened, so happened. that Matt was on it as well. Wow! Uh, but, but when it came to coaching Matt Riddle, you know, it just it was just a matter of re, you know if he was you can use computer lingo. I uh, rewired his motherboard. <laughs> I reprogrammed his motherboard because he had the skills. Yeah, you know, Kurt Angle had the skills. Matt Riddle had the skills. You just had to reprogram it towards pro wrestling, mm. you know, in amateur wrestling and mixed martial arts, you're taught if you know, don't sell, right. Don't show weakness. And if you see weakness attack it, in pro wrestling, you're taught to sell. Yeah. You're taught to, you know, if somebody takes a bump, let it breathe, you know, in UFC, if somebody takes a you know you knock somebody down, you got to dive right in and pounce. So you kind of had to, teach him, you know, teach him to break those habits that they were, was ingrained into him. And even when I was on, um, if you go into net on Peacock, uh, the mat, if it's still on there, you know, uh, Matt Riddle arrival, that, uh, our doc that they did, I think it's on their YouTube too, but they came to the Moss factory and interviewed me and any cage mm. who was also one of his coaches. I wasn't Matt Riddle's only coach, so I can't take credit. But, yeah, uh, you know, I said, you know, Kurt Angle and Matt Riddle re- reminded me a lot of Kurt Angle in how quickly they picked up the business. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then you get the nerds going, well, uh, no, 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 no. With how quickly they picked up the fucking business, you know, well, Kurt Angle went right to, no, no, he didn't go right to the TV. He did a bunch of house show. He did a bunch of dark matches. He did yeah. uh, the the Funkin dojos, uh, you know, which. I wrestled Kurt on one of them. Um, and ironically, I felt so bad. It was like probably the, everybody had a good week, and then me and Kurt wrestled each other, and I got knocked goofy. Oh, jeez. I, I knocked myself goofy. Really? Uh, yeah, I did the thing where, I, you know, me and Kurt are doing the back. You know, I put Kurt on the top rope. I come up, battle back and forth, and he gets the upper hand, and I do the nasty plunge off the second rope. Mm. I was going up. He comes off with a high cross body. One, two, kick out. Well, I did the nasty plunge. I landed way too high on my shoulders and whacked my fucking head. Oh, God. And, uh, I, you know, to the, I, I had done this once before, which you think I would have fucking learned. I did it against Christian in, in Boston. Mm. Uh, I look up and everything goes like into a negative. You know, I mean, when you look at a, a negative on film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it went, whoop, whoop. So uh, I did that with Kurt. He comes off with a cross, high cross body. I'm so out of it. He just wily coyote off of me. I, he just hit my chest and went down. Oh and man, hit, hit this mess. But Jeez. I know I got a little side, a uh, little side road here. You but- will never hear
2: me complain about hearing you <laughs> tell stories about fucking people that you wrestled or wrestling stories in general. That will never be a thing that happens. One thing I will complain about is when I fart in my own and I I have to like sit in it, you know, and it's like really terrible for a minute or two. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did this. It's like when you're in the shower and you're like washing your ass and you fart and you're in a tiny space and it smells that I will complain about. But I will never complain about you telling me stories about wrestling Kurt Angle or Christian Cage or anybody else in the world. So thank you.
1: Yeah. Uh, And during that match, fucking uh, Kurt put me in the O'Connor role and squeaked one out of me <laughs> dude you farted on know. kurt angle yeah i think and that's I the episode that. title
2: i farted on kurt angle
1: oh no 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 no, no i don't need that fucking <laughs> kurt will find me and stretch yeah. me a broken freaking neck he with a broken uh, freaking neck that man is terrifying dude i didn't know it until the next day you know we're at breakfast and he's like you know you farted on me, right? I went, <laughs> and I just I did the uh, Homer Simpson back up into the bushes. You know, <laughs> I didn't know. And then yeah, you O'Connor rolled me in. Now what kind of what, what what would
2: you say was the 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 fart? Let's uh, let's run the gamut here, and you can give us the closest that you think might have been the, something a little no. little squeaky. Was it a little uh, push out, or was it one of these uh, monster
1: ones? No, it was that second one. Oh man, the second one again. Yeah,
2: that, it was that <laughs> incredible stuff. Uh, but yeah. Andrew Bailey's here talking as well. Shout out to the Pod Squad again. Uh, Andrew Bailey was wondering if it would have been worse or better uh, if Kurt Angle had joined, and how much that would have changed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, pff, I can't even imagine. Like, could you? Because you know, like by the time Taz got to WWE, I mean, yeah. he was kind of. You know, he was sunsetting, if you will. Um, You know, I'm sure the injuries and things were kind of taking it out of him at that point. But holy shit, could you imagine a real deal program with Kurt Angle and Taz? Like, Kurt Angle starting his career. Holy Santa Claus shit. Talk
1: about... I would have loved loved to have seen Kurt Angle and Little Guido.
2: Yeah, that
1: would have been cool. the Sicilian shooter against, you know, the Olympic hero... <laughs> uh, well, it would have been awesome. Uh who knows, like if he would have I mean well WWE was sending guys to ECW hmm. all the time. That's I, I don't know if I was the only one who noticed that, you know, that that started me thinking, oh, okay, we're part of WWE kinda where we're at least a feeder system, they were sending Draws down, they sent Furnace and Lafon down, uh and uh Brockus the guy who had probably the worst gas in the locker room. No way. That's, yeah. Brockus was, he would, uh, he was that German bodybuilder dude. Yeah. And he would just, he would drink egg beaters. Ew. Yeah. You know, you know, I guess for the protein. Yeah. Like, good Lord, man. He would, <laughs> f- he'd fart. And you, you're just like, you know, it was like, it was like a daisy cutter, you know, with those, those <laughs> cutter bombs, they drop in yeah. the, the ox- Leaves the room and just, and he would just Man. sit there with, <laughs> yeah. But again, I'll i, I also remember Brockus ever talking, but anytime I think of Brockus, I think of Al Snow doing Brockus's voice, which was basically Marvin the Martian with a, I'm going to press you over my head. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, um, where was I? I'm, I'm saying oh, yeah. we were just talking about oh, Kurt Angle and Taz and Little Guido. Oh yeah, yeah, and- yeah. Oh yeah, you know Kurt. Uh, I mean, Kurt Angle's career did pretty well. Yeah, but, yeah. In uh, spite of things, you know, yeah. To get him out there in front of a uh, crowd, in front of an ECW crowd, which was basically pro wrestling's Apollo Theater, yeah. you know, you know, they say if you can uh, impress uh, uh, a crowd at the Apollo Theater, you can basically work anywhere you know ECW was pro wrestling's Apollo theater Philadelphia fans you know I think I think he would have done great yeah in ECW and uh it could have you know give him some um a little bit of a head start for WWE I think they would have protected him he wouldn't have been doing any crazy things so to speak but it would have been good for him I have our
2: last question of the day here for you. Mark and Dryden, who's always got great questions. Shout out to Mark and Dryden. Um, Word. Movie question to continue the chat from two weeks ago. What do yes. you two think about these movies? Shakes the Clown and Screwed. <laughs> now, I'm not familiar with Shakes the Clown. I probably watched it quite some time ago, but it's Bobcat <laughs> Goldthwaite and Julie Brown. Yeah. And then Screwed is oh shit look at this i think i remember this movie nor mcdonald dave chappelle yeah. and danny devito
1: do you know this one Screw. i need to watch I, i'm familiar but i'm more i think i watched shakes once yeah and i guess the highlight of that movie uh, highlight of shakes the clown was they had aunt esther from uh sanford and son yes talking about how her her pussy spread spreads smooth as peanut butter or something like that. (laughs) And I I was just a young fella at the time. And that stat line almost turned me off the pussy. I don't know. (laughs) I can. I'm I'm paraphrasing. Of course. I vaguely
2: remember this screwed movie with Norm Macdonald. It was 2000. I think I probably watched it again. We had no oversight at all as children and as adolescents. So I'm 99% 99% sure I watched this movie. Uh, same thing with Shakes the Clown. When did that
1: movie come out? Let me see. Shout out to Norm MacDonald. I mean, rest yeah. in peace. Uh, he he filmed a secret Netflix special that's going to be released. He wanted it released post-posthumously or whatever. Yeah. That, you know, that was that was very uh, cool of him, knowing oh. that he had, he had limited time left and he, he filmed a secret Netflix special that's going to be released soon. Robin Williams was in Shakes the
2: Clown. Adam Sandler, oh Paul Dooley, a lot of like character actors that you would probably recognize. Kathy Griffin was in it. Florence Henderson, yeah, yeah. Nineteen ninety one, I think, is what this was. Looks like the band Slipknot. This was before they were famous. There was a song from them in the movie as well. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a long time since I've seen this flick, but I'm sure I've seen it again. Definitely shouldn't have been watching this in nineteen ninety one. As a child, but I'm sure I did. Um, There's plenty of things I watched I probably wasn't supposed to be watching. (laughs) It's a lot like Problem. We watched Problem Child. Do you remember that movie with John Ritter? Both of those? Yeah. We watched them. Not a fucking reason. Not a goddamn clue why my father would ever allow us to watch something like that. But um, yeah, so uh, We'll have to watch them, and then we'll get back to you on that one, Mark and Dryden, because it's been a while for both of us, it seems like. Yes.
1: Yes. So... uh, so, Uh, yeah, go ahead. Should we do one more? Is there one Let more Let
2: me question? take a look here. Uh, let's see here. Mark and Dryden's got another question. Let's see. Um, fantasy book, this one. Mark and Dryden okay. wants to know, I remember seeing that one Brett dream match that would have been against Kurt Angle. Yeah. That shit would have been fucking incredible. Who else yeah. would have been an ideal dream opponent for Bret Hart if he had lasted, say, into the 2000s? All right, so let's let's cap this because this is a really big question, right? Yeah. So I think maybe what we should say is because we're assuming right that Bret Hart will probably go back to WWE after this, like after the, yeah. the business goes out. Had so he, let's had he, not been, had he not had his head kicked off by Goldberg, right? So let's say, well, let's think say. Of all the- yeah, oh my God, oh my! Well, let's just think about let's maybe just think about the invasion era, okay? Let's just talk about right. that timeline. Who would be there?
1: Bret Hart versus Brock Lesnar.
2: Easy, that right off the top. Yeah.
1: Right yeah. off the
2: top, Brock Lesnar.
1: I I thought the, the the line of question I thought was going to go towards Angle. I I I watched, uh, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the match in detail, but I watched Owen Hart versus Kurt Angle. Timeout. Back yeah. it up. Mm hmm.
2: You watched Owen Hart and Kurt Angle wrestle live. Yes. It was a dark match. The,
1: like the dark match? It was a dark match for, uh, one of the Raws. Uh, one of the, one of the TV tapings. Uh, and it, it happened once. Oh, I, I remember Owen went over with the sharpshooter, but you know, uh, I made sure I was at the curtain for that. I wish I could have watched that one. I, I, I mean, I wish I could have remembered that one, but not knowing, you know, the circumstances of what would become Owen's life, you know, with him tragically passing away. But, uh I mean, uh, you know, we, we've, we, me, me and Josh, you know, OG Josh uh, did a story on, uh time, you know, this show talking about time travel. I wish I could have go back in time and watched that match again knowing, you know, and you know, record it with my camera phone or something like that. But do you it's 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 there in the archives. It's I was gotta gonna be. say
2: it's gotta be, right? They had to have recorded that. Especially if Kurt yeah. Angle was just starting.
1: Oh, they absolutely recorded oh it. It was a dark God. TV. God. Yeah.
2: Like that's to me, that's like the Tom McGee match of like of my generation, right? Like that's the match that yeah. I wanna see. So Bruce, yeah. I know you listen to the show frequently, Bruce. Let's fucking get this shit on the road. All right, I got to yeah. call your boy. I'll call your boy, Josh. All right, I'll call Conrad, Connie, as we uh, referred to him in the streets here. Let's get this fucking shit on the road. Everybody wants to see this. The podfather. The podfather. I'm sure he's got some fucking pull with this, too. You I am bring the gems back, man. That was a good way break. by this right now. Like that must yeah. have been a fucking, in- like just looking back on that must have yeah. been an incredible experience. My first guest, though, my first one, would be The Rock. Bret Hart oh, versus off. The Rock. Yeah, that
1: would have been amazing.
2: At the t- like at the, the very, like maybe right before he went like Hollywood Rock, you know, like when it's Rock Hogan, that timeline. Um, I'd have loved to have seen that. Um, something about Rob Van Dam and Bret Hart would have been no. a, a fucking yeah. banger and a half. Sabu and Bret Hart would have been a banger too. Because I feel yeah. like they're, maybe their styles might conflict a little bit, but I feel like Bret Hart yeah. What's that? That would be the beauty of it. Right, because I feel Bret Hart could have worked. I mean, we've all seen Sabu and John Cena. That shit was a banger.
1: Well, look at look at Bret Hart and Hakushi.
2: Right, exactly. That's what I mean. That the same thought process, right? Um, I yep. that would have been I think there's a there's a limitless possibility of people that he could have and, and I feel like anybody he was in a match with he would have made it look great. So yeah. I think yeah. uh I think it's hard to underestimate how many folks he could have definitely been involved with. Um, I don't like to necessarily, I know you're you're kind of the same way with this, I don't like to necessarily fantasy book people now uh, versus, like, people at their prime. You know, we could have the Undertaker Sting yeah. conversation. So I try to stay yeah. within that, like, you know, window of world uh, where yeah. it was. But, yeah, I mean,
1: like, I guess. It's hard to, it's hard to fantasy book now, matches now because there's really no borders. Yeah. You know? There's such an open door that everybody's wrestled everybody. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I'll i say this match and be like, oh, well, that match happened. Oh, oh, shit. Well, fuck me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there's only back, back when there were set borders, yeah. set companies, you know, somebody from Impact could show up on AEW, somebody from AEW could show up on Impact.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, shit, we had Mickey James at the Royal Rumble, yeah. you know, with the uh, Impact women's title you know there's only
2: one fantasy match here. there's only yeah. one fantasy match that i want to see right now and it's the only one that's going to matter at this point going forward it's roman <laughs> reigns and kenny omega and that's it i have no that, other yeah, that is the one i have no other no other interest in any other match besides roman reigns and kenny omega because kenny omega says yeah. he's the best we'll get in the ring brother get in the ring with with roman reigns and and, and see who's the best that's yeah. the only one I think that, that I would, I would, because I prefer Roman, obviously, to Kenny, um, yeah. but I can see that Kenny is like the the indie top guy, you know, the AEW's top guy, the one of the few that's never, he's the sting of the current generation, right? Never yeah. wrestled for WWE. Um, but I think that storyline could be really well done if they took their time with it and you know, if Omega went into WWE, though, they'd have to fucking book that right away. Like, it would just be like, yep, just start right where you're at here. Um, yep. But yeah, yeah, that's it. I would say, yeah. So I guess our answers for you, Mark and Dryden, or Brock Lesnar and The uh, Rock. For me.
1: Yeah, I would love to, I would love to see Brett versus Brock. Yeah. That been yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, that would have been fucking incredible.
2: And for me, I guess for, if you're going to ask me, I would say, I would say Dwayne and then Rob Van Damme. I think those. I think those two back to back. Those all three of these programs back to back or back to back to back would have been, would have been fucking incredible. But uh, what else is incredible is you, Blue Meanie. Thank you so much for your patience. Oh wait, I have one more question here from Pod Squad. Sure. Pod Squad member Vanessa Bella wants to know. Hey, you fellas going to be at Starcast Five this year? I'm hoping.
1: Fingers crossed. I'm uh, I'm available.
2: I am ready to be booked.
1: (laughs) So. I'm ready to be booked, Terry.
2: You get to see my smiling face here on Patreon.com/slash Mind of the meanie. Now we are yes. totally open to be in that Starcast. We would love to be a part of it. Uh, our telephones are on if Starcast is listening, uh, and uh, the good people that run the show. Um, and we are if we will be there, we will announce it, and we will be happy to see everyone there. But uh, meanie, where yes. can everyone find you on the social media platforms?
1: If you would like to follow the Blue Meanie, uh aka me. <laughs> I'm available on all forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, which eh, I don't know how to use, at Blue Meanie BWO. Uh if you would like to support the Blue Meanie, go to Pro slash Blue Meanie. Also Pro Wrestling dot com slash If you would like to uh Look good and smell good, uh, my bearded fellow friends, go to madcatbeardcare.com. dot com. Uh I have a uh, a very cool scent over there called the blue spruce, uh, which uh you know I had a hand in picking out. So uh and they're doing good things over there for uh the cats. So uh go to madcatbeardcare.com dot com and pick yourself up some blue spruce. <laughs> Uh also uh you can go to uh collar use promo code meanie and save ten percent. Rod Hicks and Al Snow are doing a fantastic job over there at collar brand.com slash uh well no slash promo code meanie save some uh, save ten percent. Uh and uh where can we find you, Mr. Uh, Bernard? Oh, thank
2: you, sir. I appreciate that. You can find me on my socials at uh on Twitter. And Instagram at This Is Goober. Yes, it's my handle. Yes, I'm keeping it. It's a brand pal. Uh, you can also support my other show, Foundation Radio, by going to slash uh, Foundation Radio, picking up a shirt right now uh, and helping to keep the lights on over there. Uh, new episodes of that show every Tuesday, um, and you can check that out. Uh, Blue Meanie, thank you so much, as always. For being a part of this pod squad. i got to shout you guys out. Patreon.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Go and sign up today. Watch us record this episode early and ad-free and see our beautiful smiling faces and see all the fun shit that happens behind the scenes while we record. So, for the Blue Meanie, (laughs) I am Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip through the mind of the Meanie. Peace.
0: (laughs) Blip, 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 blue world. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and The Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by The Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash Meanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. Blip, 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 blip blue world order. Dad, why is Blue Mini's brain out? The world of MLW Radio never stops.